0: My guest, Democrat running for governor, Helena Bonanno. Folks, thanks for coming in. Nice to have you on Hi, the program. Well, let's, let's get right to it. We had big news on the hospital merger. Mm-hmm. Uh, cancellation just yesterday. We're taping on a Friday. The attorney general pulled the plug. Your take on what he did. Was it the right move for Rhode Island?
1: Well, look, the health care system in the state was struggling before COVID, and mm-hmm. now I think we're in a full-blown blown crisis. But clearly, the attorney general had looked at the details. I think it's dead. So, the question is, what do we do from here? Right. And I, th- I think this is a moment for leadership. And so, I'm the only person in this race who understands healthcare. I would be pulling the leaders across the state in the healthcare arena together right. this weekend. And I'd be saying, what can we do now to move the state forward? We just can't be where we are. People are struggling, they're not being served. I've put a proposal together for a few things that I think we could do in the short term. Yeah. Number one. Go ahead. Uh, number one, I think we could get more nurses operating in our hospitals by increasing licensing. In the long term, I've proposed mm-hmm. having the Rhode Island Promise system uh, expanded so that if you're in nursing school at URI or, or RIC, four years of schooling, and you promise to serve four years as a nurse in state, mm-hmm. we would waive your tuition. I would also be looking at Medicaid reimbursement rates. But there's clearly a lot right. to be done. It's disappointing because we, the two systems on their own, will not make it. So we have to do something. All right,
0: so those three things you outlined, that's sort of a general, here's yeah. how I would improve general mm-hmm. health care. Yeah. Uh, that's apart from the merger. Now, yes. years ago, partners, which is Brigham up in Boston, yeah. they wanted to come in. They wanted to take care of New England and make it a world-class place. And Blake Filippi, the House Republican minority leader, says that was what we should have done. But mm. Governor Raimondo killed it and, and the hospital people killed it for selfish purposes. Today, he told me we should go up hat in hand and beg partners to come back mm. to Rhode Island. Would you do that? In fact, he said the governor should do that. As governor, would you do that?
1: I would not go begging to anyone at this point. I think we should be looking at every single option that we have, and certainly a merger like that could make sense. But I would want to understand before we did that, what are all the other options? I I would prefer to have something that is uh, controlled in our own state. So I I would say that first and foremost, it'd be nice to have something nonprofit within the state. It looks like that'll be hard to do. So we do have to be open to other ideas, but I wouldn't rush to something like that. I think we have to be really careful right now and, and, and take the time to do it right.
0: Would you go to Connecticut and say, uh, hey, Yale, maybe you
1: can pick up another hospital here? What, you know, Or maybe uh, you'd
0: find somebody.
1: We, we are going to have to look at all those things. I think that the worry for Rhode Islanders yeah. is you're going to have Yale encroaching this way and... Harvard and Massachusetts encroaching this way, and we'll potentially lose our identity. So I'm worried about that.
0: Okay, well, look, look if you prevail, that's gonna be on your plate. Mm-hmm. Uh, you like to talk about health care. You just outlined three things. So you'd yeah. get free tuition from anybody who
1: wants to become a nurse and promises to serve us. Yes. And you do what else? I would also be looking at the Medicaid, Medicaid reimbursement rates. One uh-huh. of the reasons that Rhode Island hospitals are struggling unlike our neighboring states, is we do have much lower Medicaid reimbursement rates. so And we have a higher uh, uh, rate, I believe, of, yeah. of people uh, in those in those uh, programs. So it puts a real burden on the system. And we do have to look ourselves in the eyes and say, what, what role do we have pl- to play around Medicaid?
0: You've heard the doctors complain in Rhode Island we're not reimbursed as much as Massachusetts. You know, I went to the dentist yesterday, they're dropping my dental coverage hmm. because they say Delta hasn't raised rates in 12 years. Hmm. Why is that? Are we the poor little, you know, runt of a state that Joe Kennedy once called us here?
1: No, we're a proud, fierce state. And actually, I think our size is to our advantage in healthcare. This is the beauty of our state. We're only yeah. a million one people. We also, there's a huge role to play in community healthcare providers. You know, I think if COVID has taught us anything, it's that people trust their providers close to them, mm-hmm. their nurses, their doctors. So I would be incorporating right. all elements around the state to do something. I think we could be a shining star. This is not a moment where we need to be uh, feeling down about ourselves. Mm-hmm. We could actually lift ourselves up. And I think the whole nation could look at Rhode Island and say, they're an example of a state that reimagined health care and really made it work for patients.
0: When you were president of CVS Pharmacy, you got the tobacco out of the stores. Now, you know, uh, as I recall, I covered that, I remember that. You uh-huh. were happy about that, and you tout that in your opening video. There yeah. were some stockholders, though, who said,
1: "Yay, yeah, you lost a billion dollars in sales. billion billion in sales, sales. actually. Of course, we were worried about it. And I think it's a great example of how do you get hard decisions made? And it it was very hard as a public company to walk away from $2 billion in sales. But we knew it was the right thing. We knew it was the only thing we were selling that killed half a million people across the country uh, every year. And so we took action. We were the first. and, And no one has followed CVS in that space. And it was a hard thing to do, Mm -hmm. but I think it's an example of knowing how to pull people together to make hard things happen. And by the way, at the end of it, our stock price actually increased because people said, wow, that's a a company that is bold. It took a Mm -hmm. tough decision and they must be able to do other hard things. And we we ended up hiring incredible people as a result. I don't know if you know, Jean, but I lost my mom to lung cancer five years before that. So it was also, for me, deeply personal. Mm -hmm. And I I felt proud to be able to do something, along with everyone at CVS, that made a difference like that.
0: You're very proud of that. Let me ask you, frankly, are you embarrassed by CVS's role in the opioid crisis? In Ohio, they blame CVS, Walgreens, Mm -hmm. and Walmart for deaths for deaths, a serious business. Mm-hmm. CVS faces thousands of similar cases all across the country. It mm-hmm. was on your watch. As you, if you're equally proud of getting tobacco out, are mm-hmm. you embarrassed by what happened under your watch?
1: I, I'm saddened, first and foremost, because you have to think about all those families and their 380 people who lost their lives in Rhode Island last year. I'm angry at Purdue Pharma and the Sackler family because they lied to us. I do wish everyone in the system had found out sooner and worked sooner. But I can tell you, I I took real action as soon as we saw this. Mm-hmm. I worked with other leaders across the country and other pharmacies. Worked on legislation in Rhode Island. We supported the legislators in the state who were working to reduce the number of pills. So I I think it was a it's been a sad episode for everyone in this country. But there's a lot we learned and a lot I could do as governor to help people who the, are suffering.
0: The, the attorney who won the case against CBS said they were handing out prescriptions like candy. Two, three different prescriptions, the same person. You're pretty good at tracking everything because mm-hmm. I get a call, hey, your vitamin D is, is, is ready, come up. How could you say, uh, when I found out, I wish I found out sooner. You know what your stores are selling, pills by the thousands. You know that, you see that.
1: Yeah, no, I haven't worked at CVS in four years, and well, I don't was know that case. on your watch, though? I, I the computers I, worked. I, I want to say I don't understand how that happened. It makes no sense to me, so I really can't comment on that case. And all I can say is that as soon as we did say it, we took real action.
0: You know, I drive around, around Rhode Island, and sometimes I like what I see, and sometimes I don't. When I come in from Massachusetts, I don't like the way the state looks. When I come in from Connecticut, I like it. Hmm. When I go to certain parts, it's dirty, it's run down. What do you think as a Rhode Islander? Do you, if you're the governor, you have a little power to change the way we operate around here. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think a physical appearance matters a lot. It's the first impression when people come to our state. I think there are mostly amazing things about this state. One of my hmm. favorite drives is to go over the Jamestown and the Newport Bridge. There is nothing more breathtaking. And every time I do it, I say to my kids, Let's not take this for granted. This is spectacular. But there are things that we need to fix and boost up and clean our roads and bridges mm-hmm. need to be better. I I'm always feeling struck by my Massachusetts friends who say as soon as they get over the border, everything is bumpy and we got to right. fix that. And and, you know, other things to clean it up. But having a great a great uh, front door to your home matters and 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 i'm very proud of this state and i know rhode islanders are but we have to keep working on that
0: speaking of fixing bridges and roads uh the dot has a 748 million dollar plan they want to go ahead they've got a plan uh state representative lauren carson from newport democrat she says oh slow that down Mm -hmm. i need six months to see is this if this is green deal compatible are you aware of this
1: I am. And, yes. and what do you say
0: about that? Who's right? Because Alvedi, the uh, DOT director, says, you do want, you want roads or do you want bike paths? Yeah. And- it sounds like a lot of people are siding within. They want roads.
1: Yeah. Well, look, I, I, I think we need our bridges and roads to be fixed. We've been mm-hmm. working on this for years, and I'm very much committed to the fact that this should be something. We've got to fix it for all Rhode Islanders. Uh, that being said, we also did pass climate uh, the Climate Act, and we should make sure that we're doing everything we can to make sure the emissions right. are good. So what I would do is I would take 30 days. I would love to see the DEM and the DOT sit down together, fully open to all Rhode Islanders, ask any questions you want, answer any of those questions, 30 day limit, and then okay. we move on.
0: Right. She so wants six months, you'd say 30 days. Bit yes. of a compromise. It's all about compromise, yep. isn't it? Now, uh, let's move to that big tranche of a billion dollars that Uncle Sam sent us. Everybody's mm-hmm. got their hand out. Mm. The poverty advocates, the housing people, the homeless people. How about everybody in Rhode Island share mm. in some, or, some form of pandemic relief?
1: Mm. What, what's your plan? I would put our kids first. I think the number one uh, issue in our state right now is COVID learning loss. Mm -hmm. I think our kids have taken a terrible step backwards. Teachers are working really hard, taking on lots of duties. And we know that our scores are just desperately off from our neighboring state, Massachusetts. They have been for a while, but we've gone backwards. Education. You're talking education. Education. Yeah, thank you. We're in the dumps. So we really need to fix education. That would be my number one priority. It's also an economic issue. Because we know that when we have great schools, our local businesses can hire the right people and we can attract new companies. My time at CVS, I brought in a lot of families as I recruited them from out of state. And too often they ended up buying a home in Massachusetts so they could take advantage of good public schools and drive in 20 minutes to one socket. So number one priority would be education. Then, of course, we have to take care of affordable housing mental right. health and other social services.
0: In Connecticut the governor's proud I'm going to cut taxes he says mm-hmm. are you have any plan to cut taxes you want to cut the sales tax what, what, what do you think what would you think
1: I am looking I don't have a specific proposal today right. but I am very much uh, aware that people across this state are feeling a big burden right now mm-hmm. and uh, things are getting out of hand in terms of their ability to pay for things And so I think a, a real responsibility we have as leaders is to say, does our tax program work for Rhode Islanders? And so I will be looking at that as well. How about
0: regionalization? 39 cities and towns, bunch of different Mm -hmm. police departments, fire departments, school systems. Do you see Rhode Island regionalizing at some point? Some people say that's the key to survival. Mm
1: -hmm. I think that this is an opportunity because we know if we can cut overhead, we could bring more services to the people of Rhode Island. But mm. it's also something that the municipalities are going to have to decide on their own. I don't think this is something the governor can make a decision well, on.
0: Well, you'd have to back it, though. I mean, it's a prickly yeah. issue because if, if some this, people like the little fiefdoms. If the and. cities and towns <laughs>
1: went that way, I would absolutely support it because I do think that you could take more resources and put it to work for the people in those cities and towns. Let's
0: just touch on education. You're right. We're down in the dumps. The schools are terrible compared to our neighbors. Yeah. You would inherit the Providence school system.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, you'd be the de facto person running it through an education commissioner. How long would you want to keep that on your books? There was a time to turn that back to Providence and say straighten it
1: out. Yeah, it, it is. It is. It the, the system is really broken, and the people who are suffering are the parents and the kids, and and the teachers who are working so hard. So I think it's it's. Uh, not clear you know unfortunately it was put in place right at the beginning of covid so i'm not sure that we've had a good shot at really figuring out if a state takeover can work but i think ultimately people are really mixed on it because none of us knows what the right answer is other than we've got to be investing more in those kids in those schools and and that's where you know I, i take it back to the billion one proposal how do we invest more in before and after school care How do we invest more in summer learning? You know, those kids everywhere in the state, but particularly in Providence, need to have the right resources so that they can get back on track. And so I'd love to be able to work on that. It's the number one priority for me.
0: You came out with a statement, I guess i call it a white paper, whatever it is, your Mm -hmm. position on voting rights. And you Uh see a threat to voting in Rhode Island. Now, I'll be honest with you, over the past 30 years, nobody's come to me and said that I've been turned away. I can't vote. Your party controls the state
1: for 80 years. Mm -hmm. Where's the threat to Democrats in voting? Yeah, well, I, you know, if you look, if you look at our where we are today, though, we are not as advanced. It is not as easy to vote in Rhode Island as it is in other Democratic states, Massachusetts and Connecticut, right around us being two examples. Three simple things that I have in that proposal. One of them is to automatically send ballots to people's homes. We did that in COVID. It worked. People liked it. Let's keep that going. Number two, let's have voting places open on the weekends leading up to Mm -hmm. the election. All of us are working during the week. Tuesdays aren't simple, election uh, voting on the weekends. And then same-day registration is something that other democratically-led states are
0: doing. Did did anybody come to you and said, I've had trouble voting? Do you
1: know one case of one person who said, oh, I was turned away, and oh, I wanted to go vote, I couldn't? I used to have trouble voting. When you've got a busy job and kids... And you're waking up, and it's you know Tuesday morning, and you got to figure out: Are you going to get to the the voting place before you drop the kids off at daycare, and then you get to school? Are you doing it on the back end? That's hard. Yeah, I have had a lot of that.
0: Well, listen, I have a busy life too. I always manage to get there,
1: well, whether good it's for you. whether it's seven o'clock at night. <laughs> I no, I mean really. No, think I think it's, it's way issue? too hard. I think that if you think a decade out from now it's going to be dramatically easier right. to vote in this country, it should be. Everyone should be able to vote. We're all living in a digital world and just we mm-hmm. have to make it easier because that's how democracies work.
0: We've got about two minutes left. Um, I want to touch on the governor, Governor McKee. What kind of a job do you think he's doing?
1: I think he's struggling. I think he's a very nice man who's struggling to be decisive, to pull people together and to make things work. And and I um, I I don't say that lightly because I appreciate what a hard job it is, Mm -hmm. you know, just being in this race makes me have real appreciation for everyone who serves in government. But I think that Rhode Islanders deserve better. I think we deserve someone, especially with this billions of dollars coming in. This is the thing I hear most about from Mm -hmm. people when they worry about where we're going. We've got to put this money to use for Rhode Islanders. It's got to be transparent, accountable. I mean, you look at the money today that is caught up and not being spent in something like housing. We got a $200 million dollar housing grant from Mm -hmm. the federal government, only half of it's been spent. So example after example, you look at the phones not being answered, so people not being able to get their SNAP benefits. I mean, everywhere we look, the guts of government is not working.
0: One minute. You said he's struggling. Listen, the pandemic is on the way down. He got rid of the mask mandate. Uh, The schools are going on March 4th. That's an issue that's been taken off the table. Uh, for you going forward. Would you agree to that? Even the White House and the CDC are winding us down.
1: We're all so sick of COVID, believe me. I'm sick of my masks. I I, I know the numbers are coming down rapidly. Mm. Do I think it was a a couple of weeks early? Maybe. I still, when I walk into a big crowded place, I'm going to put my mask on for a while, but we're sick of it and we have to be moving on. The thing I'm most concerned with COVID is learning loss. This is about our kids and making sure they're safe. And, and so I think we've all got to figure out how we're going to live in this world, and, right. and it's very, very tough.
0: You have, you have money, um, and uh, you're not embarrassed by that. You told me on mm-hmm. the radio, how much of taxes did you pay on $15 million that you made? Am I correct on that? Was A it? lot. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> Seven, how, give me the figure, because we this is public out there. Yeah, You made how much last year, did you paid how much in taxes?
1: Uh, I don't actually remember the exact number for last year, but it's all out there. I so think it was um,
0: $7.5 million, something like that? I made
1: $9.5 million, and, and I paid, forget the exact tax amount, and, but it was 43% tax rate. And I guess that, that
0: takes off the table that you're not paying your fair share in taxes. Yeah. You say you pay enough. Thanks for coming on. Thank we'll you. We'll follow you through the summer. Helena Bonanno, folks.